Good morning. My name is Jim Barcliffe, pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship. We're glad to hear, be with you here and you're with us. Uh, we are together here on Palm Sunday, and we're glad that you've chosen to join us today. Pray that this message will touch you and actually just build you up and uh, bring you into the faith, a deeper walk with Jesus Christ, because I don't believe there's any limit to our God. Our God is a big God. And whatever your issue is today, Jesus is the answer. Doesn't have to be necessarily you go to counselors and you go to people pray for you. Yes, we need that. But go to Jesus, run to him. He's the answer. So continue to cry out. Do not give up. We know that this life, Christian life is a, a marathon. And we know that uh, sometimes the answers don't come immediately. They can believe God, but don't give up as you pray and ask God's hand to move in your particular situation. So let's begin with prayer. Father, thank you that we can come together in the precious, holy, mighty, kindest, most wonderful name there ever has been or will be. His name is Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach. Thank you, Father, that he is Lord over all and he rules and reigns. And Lord, today we do ask that he would come and rule and reign over this service as we've asked. We believe that. And Lord, today we ask you that your heart would be revealed to every person here and those who will watch this uh, particular podcast or, or, or the particular website, Lord, whatever. We ask you, touch us, dear God. We need your word and we need, Lord, to be touched by your presence. Lord, thank you that you are here, that you're not out somewhere distant. Lord, you're not a deistic God. You're here with us and you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And so, Lord, we can believe and trust that you're right here with us right now. And so you speak, Lord, and let me get out of the way and let your word and your truth go forth and power touch our hearts, change us, make us more like Jesus. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen. Anxiety, fear, uncertainty, all types of things in life we're hit with. Most of what I teach about are topical, what's called a topical sermons, which actually are topical, which means I try to connect it with a particular need that we have. And I pray today that whatever your need is, is that this message will speak to you. Not me, it's the word of God. The word of God can speak to us. And it's, the Bible says it's living and it's active and it's sharper than a double-edged sword that actually it will come and, and it will touch our hearts. I do believe that today. And I ask that God would anoint this message, not because of who I am, but because of who he is. And each person here would be touched and comforted and also be imparted with hope because we're living in a world that is without hope. And hope is certainly not necessarily that I just hope so, but hope, the biblical meaning is, is that we know that God is who he says he is and that he will fulfill everything he has spoken through his holy and precious word. And so I pray today that God's spirit would impart hope to your heart and give you that uh, that thrust in life that you need, because sometimes we become stagnant. Sometimes we feel like, am I moving along in this journey called life we talked about last week? And I believe the day that God is going to do that. You see, much of what happens in the kingdom of God is obviously, in fact, everything as far as the word of God, but believing God's word, believing that God, what he says about you and about me and believing what he says about situations in our lives. What we do is many times believe what we think in a situation or what the world is dictating to us. But if we believe the way God tells us to believe, then we can go through anything in life because life is uncertain and we are well aware of that. 
And so today, this particular scripture, and I pray this message will speak to you today. We're going to read from John chapter 14, and we're going to read verses 1 through 14. John chapter 14. Anybody like to stand when we read it? Anybody would like you can You can sit, obviously, but if you stand, you're welcome to stand. And you can read it with me if you would. This is NIV. Do not let your hearts be troubled to trust in God and trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a, for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Don't you believe that I am in the father and the father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing His work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things. And I will do whatever you ask Him. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. And you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Amen. And God add blessings to the reading of His Word. Amen. Y'all know the Scripture. I've stood doing many, many funerals over the years and have used the scripture because it brings hope to people who have had losses. And we know that we grieve as Christians when we do have a loss, not as the world grieves, but we do grieve, don't we? Because the world doesn't have hope, but we have our hope in Jesus Christ. And so today I want to talk about certain things. Palm Sunday. We all know on that particular day that Jesus was riding into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. And they put palm leaves in front of him as he came in. Now, why didn't he walk, ride in on a stallion? Why didn't he ride in on a beautiful, immaculate horse? Why did he take and ride in on a donkey? All of us, we know that, don't we? Because he humbled himself. He obviously humbled himself even. He left his glories in heaven. He came down and walked amongst men. He knows what you and I are going through in our lives. He can empathize with our particular sorrows and our, our struggles and, and our, our wounds, all the things in our life. He knows exactly what we're going through. Because think about it. If you pray to a God who has no idea what you're going through, you'd go, well, you know, so help me. And I, I, I know that God would help us. But see, even beyond that, God knows what you're going through. He went through it on this earth. And so during from the time of Palm Sunday... Until the time of the resurrection, things are beginning to get heated up. 
things are beginning to accelerate and certainly heading towards the resurrection and Jesus going to the cross and dying for the sins of the world. I mean, think about the plan. No other man could ever conjure up a plan like this. That would be a, the king of all glory and that they would actually sin and sacrifice their son for the sins of the world. No human father would actually do that. But you see, God Almighty did that so that we could live with Him throughout eternity. And if that doesn't tell you and, and touch your heart and the depths of your heart of how much God loves us, then I don't know what will. But knowing that He gave us the ultimate sacrifice when He went to Calvary, He came down from His glories in heaven. And so things are happening real quick. Jesus knew that the culmination of His ministry here on this earth was coming to a close. And so that's what we want to talk about tonight. So in this particular scripture, John chapter 14, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled to trust in God and trust also in me. That was actually during, that was uh, the night before the crucifixion. Jesus had told them that he's going to leave them. And so there's no break in the conversation uh, going from on in chapter 13 and then in the chapter 14 here. In chapter 13, Jesus said, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I've told the, the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. So he's continuing on. He's beginning to tell the disciples is that he's leaving. Now think about it. If you were one of his disciples at that particular time, you'd probably be going, where are you going? We want to go with you. Because, see, Jesus had touched people like no one they had ever seen before. He came in and brought freedom to people. He, he actually brought people a deliverance for people. Uh, remember Mag Mary Magdalene? And she actually was delivered of seven demons and probably many other things also. She is a very faithful follower of Jesus. And so people were touched by God's power there. His presence was there. That was God. Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, he was there with them. And so they were struggling and confused and they were like disappointed also because probably they thought they had it all figured out and they didn't. And so Jesus has given them a word here. I believe it's for you and me today. He says, do not, do not. This is God to you and me. Let your hearts be troubled to trust in God and trust also in me. And he tells us, and so no matter what you and I are going through today, he's saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. So the ultimate cure for anxiety and the fear of the unknown and the fear of the future is don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in Jesus. This is what he's telling them during this particular time. And so Peter's response, obviously, was this. Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay my life down for you. And remember what Peter did? He actually denied Jesus three times there as the rooster crowed. Remember that? He And obviously, God had a plan, used him, but he told him up ahead of time. But he told him, Peter, Satan has asked permission to sift you. And we've given him permission. But he said, you're not going to, I'm going to pick you up. And so when you're restored, I've got a plan for you. And so often, that's our own lives too. Is that we fall into sin before we got saved, we were obviously, the Bible says, an enemy of God. He loved us, but he, we were enemies because he can't look upon sin. 
and all, but he provided a way out. And somehow, by his grace, we said, yes, amen. And somehow we came into the kingdom of God and we know that we've been adopted into his family, that we have an inheritance in heaven. And so Peter was saying all these things in the flesh, like, Lord, I'm a strong, big old burly guy, fisherman. I'll, I'll, I'll stand up for you. I'll protect you, Lord. And Jesus said, you don't understand, Peter. This is going to get real intense. The spiritual warfare is going to get real intense. And sometimes that's the way it is in our life also. As we're like, Lord, I'm dedicated to you. I've committed to you. I'm going, I'd go anywhere, Lord, do all these things for you. And when the heat's turned up in the kitchen, you go, wait a minute. I didn't know I signed up for this. And yet God says, when you've been restored, I'll put you, I'm going to do this. And so everything that happens in a Christian's life is obviously to make us more like Jesus. Do you believe that? I mean, even the bad things that have happened in your life, he can turn it around according to Romans 8, 28. And so everything that happens in our lives, that's why he says, trust me. If he said somehow partially trust me or maybe sometimes trust me, that would make it a little bit different and it would hold a whole new meaning. But he says, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through, no matter what the future holds for you, to trust in God and trust also in me. So, we know Peter, he's trying to brace up under it. And yet, we know he stumbled and fell there right at the very most and crucial time here. Most of the disciples didn't catch really on to everything that was going on. Including when Judas betrayed Jesus, remember? He said, you're the one that's going to betray me. He pointed him out. And remember, Judas went away and he sold uh, Peter for that handful of silver. He gave up his soul. He sold his soul for that. The disciples didn't fully, I don't believe, really understand what was going on at that particular time when Jesus was telling them these things. But they're beginning to begin to have the understanding more and more. But they didn't understand. But certainly here, everyone felt something really intense that was going on. And the sorrow of the evening. Here Jesus, their friend was leaving and so forth. Obviously, it wasn't a lighthearted time. There were serious issues that were going on. And I thought about this and the fact that probably spiritual warfare at that particular time was so heavy around in that area because we know obviously the demons and Satan himself were gleeful because here Jesus was getting ready to be crucified and killed. And he saw obviously Jesus, the one that is trying to destroy me, we believed, And the whole scenario here is getting ready to be killed, getting ready to be taken out of the picture and so forth. And so there was spiritual warfare that was going on. There was a darkness that was going on. There was the evil in these men's hearts to take the son of God and 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 nailing to a cross. But there's also obviously that light that Jesus was shining into that darkness. And so when Peter said that he would lay his life down for Jesus, you remember what happened? He he obviously deny Jesus here. These disciples were confused. They were disappointed. They were worried about what would take place then. And so a huge change is about to take place. And they seem powerless to do anything about it. Jesus is about to leave them. There are events in life that I believe that can leave our hearts troubled. And reading this psalm or this particular uh, word from John 14 before many people that 
that funerals there to try to impart hope by the Spirit of God working in people's hearts who have lost loved ones. It is very comforting to know because he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. He said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare that place, then I'll come back and I'll receive you unto myself because I want to be with you forever and ever that you may be where I am also. So God Almighty is preparing a place for you and me. The wonderful blessing here. But life can get very troubling. It's troubling if you go to the doctor and he says, well, you got cancer, terminal cancer. It's troubling maybe if you have a child who is AWOL as far as the faith is concerned and they've gone their own way. You've raised them up the best you knew and then they went on and did their own thing. And so I'm not denying the pain, the sorrow, or the, the loneliness here that you may experience here. Jesus didn't say we wouldn't have trouble. He didn't promise us a rose garden. He just said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I've got some promises that will be fulfilled for you and for me and for all who will call upon his name. The confusion, the disappointment, the sorrow these disciples were feeling was really very real here. But Jesus has given them a way to deal with it. How do you deal with it? How do you deal with those things that are really just pressing in on you? The question is, will we receive it? Will we believe it? Will we believe God instead of what our circumstances dictated us? Because many times in my, I know I, I, sometimes I get negative and I had to get out of that mold because hey, everything is negative. So, uh, some time ago, I was like, Good, goodness, Lord, I've got to come back to you because I'm just negative. Everything is negative. It looked like everything was going wrong and it's just negative. And you had to come out of that. God's saying, I've got something really positive for, for you today. And that is trust in God and trust also in me. You think it's a, a situation that it may be a surprise to you, but it's not a surprise to God. We know that God sort of tailor makes the things in our lives that will make us more like Jesus. And he knows perfectly well how to do it in your life and my, my life also. And so he's given us promises here that are very, very important here. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Faith is the answer. Let me ask you a question. If you were on the fifth floor of a building and it was engulfed in flames, I'd be insane actually not to be troubled. The, the stairs and the elevators are all blocked by fire. And I go to a window and lo and behold, there is a, a fireman on the end of the ladder looking into my eyes and saying, I'm here to rescue you. Trust me. Will I experience any comfort from this? You bet I will. You see, well, obviously I'll have hope will arise in my heart. And yes, because he is the answer to my problem. You see, Jesus is there extending his hand to you and to me. He is rescuing us from the fires and the pit of hell. And his hand is extended to us. And will we reach out and take his hand and be led on the other side and be led into eternity when that time takes place, when we take our last breaths? That is the hope that we have, certainly. That's what he's saying here. In this text, Jesus talks about who he is. That's essential to the trust issue. If you're in trouble, you want somebody who can actually help you. You want somebody who is in a position to help you. If I'm in a burning building on the fifth floor, I don't want another victim to come who is trapped with me. I want a trained fireman on the end of the ladder saying, take my hand. Don't we? 
You think you see this, the illustration? We want somebody that can help us. God Almighty, the King of glory, can help us no matter what it is. And that's why he's telling the disciples at this time where things are really beginning to get ramped up. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane and you remember right there uh, again where the, the uh, soldiers came and took Jesus and all, all of it was happening within this week. Everything was just coming right down to the fact of Jesus going to Calvary, dying for our sins. Jesus tells them in John 14, verse 6, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Whatever it is you need is in Jesus. Do you believe that? Whatever it is. It doesn't make any difference what it is. Jesus is the answer. If you'll go to Him, He will help you. He is our fireman who is well trained, okay? He will help us to escape the flames of this life. The flames of eternal damnation in the absence of God Almighty. That is His promise. And that's who we want to depend upon. We don't want to depend on, obviously, our religious training. All those things are good. We don't depend upon our parents because maybe they had faith and we saw that faith in their hearts. We need a personal faith in our, in our hearts with Jesus Christ in a relationship with Him. We want to base our faith upon our church attendance because the church can't save you. Great. We come together because we know we can be built up and encouraged in the faith and God tells us don't forsake the assembling ourselves together. But come together just like this, like we do. We come together. But we want to put our faith in somebody that can help us. You know, the rules and regulations of life, we think, well, if we do this and we don't do that, then we feel like maybe that'll get us through. I've always given the illustration. Y'all know how, what, is, what it is. Where You know, the six-foot privacy fences that we have. If it's got a hole in it, and you tell the person, don't look in that hole, what are they going to do? They look in the hole. The do's and don'ts don't get it, do they? Right? You need grace. Something that only God can give us. Grace is unmerited favor. He just gives it to us. He says, just come to me. And some people say, well, I've got to get cleaned up better than what I did. I'm really messed. I just sinned last night. I just did this and that. And Jesus said, come to me. I am your salvation. Don't stay away. The devil says, stay away because you blew it again. And God is fed up with you. That's the devil. That's not Jesus. And that's the do's and don'ts. If I kind of look like maybe I follow the rules, so to speak, all week long, and I come up here and man, I'm really pious. <laughs> man, I had a good week. I didn't stumble and fall here, there. As far as I know, everything went, you know, this way and that and so forth. But see, it's not about that, certainly. Yes, we need to follow Jesus. But it's about who God is in our lives. And He says, come to me. He knows we stumble and fall. He knows that we struggle at times. He knows. He's the one that is the answer to my struggles. He's the one who's the answer to my disappointments and my dismayed attitudes and so forth. He is the answer to everything. Amen. That's why He came. Amen. We look in all the wrong places and try to find satisfaction for our souls and it just never satisfies. It doesn't work, does it? Jesus is saying, take my hand. And he talks to these disciples about his relationship with the Father. He is altogether willing and able to take care of them. And he wants you and me to know the same thing. Jesus is not a fellow struggler. He is the Lord of all glory. He is the God of all creation. 
He was there with the Father and the Spirit at the very beginning here. He is able and willing. He says, don't deny the problem. He's not advocating denial. He's advocating, obviously, uh, trust. And he tells us exactly where to place that trust. Trust in God and trust also me. Are you trusting? If we trust the wrong thing, that we'll be disappointed. You trusting in your skills? Am I getting up here before you today and trusting the fact that I've been in ministry for many, many years and I'm putting my trust and I go, Lord, you know, I've got experience here doing this stuff. You know, Lord, I've done this before. I've got obviously, uh, uh, I, I, I know I've done this Lord. I, is, I, I can do this, right? Right? Uh-uh. Never, never. I come to the Lord for fresh manna every morning. I come to the Lord every morning. And when I get up this morning, I'm saying, Lord, I need you. I need you to speak. I need you, Lord, to impart truth to people's hearts today. Yes, I'm a vessel. Yes, I do have experience. And yes, Lord has blessed me richly. But my dependency is upon the Lord God Almighty. My trust is in him. Because if I put my trust in something else, my education, my sheepskins and all that other stuff, it's not going to amount to a hill of beans, okay? You've got to put your trust in Him. No matter what it is, He loves us. He knows where you are. He's with you. He knows what you've been through. He knows what you'll go through. And He knows what you're going through right now. Trust Him. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all of your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. What does that say? That's it. That's it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. How many of you sometimes when you get in trouble, you try to figure it all out? You try to say, if I do this, then maybe it'll make it a little bit better. If I do that, maybe it doesn't. And you're shuffled back and forth and you're confused. What does it say here? Don't lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, praise Him and worship Him. And He says He will direct your path, right? He says that. This is God speaking. It's His Word. He can't go back on His Word. Trust in Him. So, He will not go back. Amen. He will not go back. And so, He's saying here something to disciples. Because... They were getting ready to go in some real heavy stuff. Remember? They, they just thought immediately, hey, they're coming after Jesus. They're going to be coming after us, right? I mean, look at it. Think about it. It's reciprocal. It's right on down the line. We've been with him. And they don't like Jesus. And they don't like his followers. They're going to get rid of us. So God's saying here to him, Jesus is saying, don't, tr don't let your hearts be troubled about this. Trust in God. Trust that God has a plan for your life and my life. You believe that? He has a plan for your life and my life. And you go, but Jim, I feel like I've blown it. Okay? <laughs> Let me tell you, God has a way with His children of bringing us back to where He wants us to be. I'm not saying carelessly just do whatever you want to do. I'm not saying that at all. And don't obviously forsake the will of God. You know that. And study, get into the Word. But I'm saying at times... You know, we don't know where we are, but God does. Has he made a mistake with you and me? He brought you into this earth, this world and said, well, I really blew it this time. Maybe I shouldn't have been born. Maybe I shouldn't have really allowed that conception to take place. 
in his, the person's womb and the mother's womb and so forth. No, he doesn't say that. I've, I put you here. You're here because I've got a plan for you. And I want you to fulfill that plan. And so when we go to the Lord, sometimes I wax and wane and all that, but he always, he just gathers me right back in. You know, the Bible says that he go, leaves the 99 and goes after the one. Amen? He leaves the 99 and goes after the one. That one was me. He went after the one. And I was over here, way over here, and the wolves were getting ready to get me. But he came over there and he put me around his neck and brought me in. He took me right on in. So he's saying today, trust in God. Don't lean on your understanding. Now, talk about something that really is confronting. Change can get us upset because we're creatures of habit. How many in here are creatures of habit? Can you raise your hand? I'll get you raised again. We're creatures of habit, right? We are, right? Well, we get a whole lot of security out of our routine, don't we? Everybody knows that. Out of the familiar. But progress means change. But change confronts us with the unknown. And because of it, we're sometimes troubled. Change. I don't like change. And the older I get, everything seems to be changing. Everything around us, the world's changing, uh, culture's changing, all types of things are changing. I look at all the things happening, and even my lifetime, and all of us can say that here, no matter what. And I love the routine. I just get into the routine. Why? It's because I get comfortable. Something about our God, He doesn't let you stay comfortable. <laughs> he, begins, he begins to kind of like move you. But He's doing it on a purpose. He's doing it for a purpose, certainly here. Obviously, growth requires change. Because what happens if you don't change? You get stagnant. I want to grow, don't you? I want to, the Bible talks about pressing into God. Don't draw back. Keep pressing in. He's saying, don't give up. He said, if you don't give up, then that's when you'll see things happening. You see, as a church, as a pastor, as individual, as family members, you don't give up. The life of a Christian is a life of perseverance. The life of a Christian says, if everything breaks loose around me and everything looks like it's going negative, I am still going to follow my Jesus. Amen? Amen? That's what the life of a Christian, that's what it is. And that's what happened here. This change was bringing about really some real concerns for these disciples, certainly here. All they can see is the negative side, certainly here. But Jesus calls their attention to the positive side. Listen to this, John chapter 16. He says, now I'm going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask me where you're going. Because I've said these things, you're filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor uh, will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you, the Holy Spirit. You know the Holy Spirit lives within you? The same power that raised Christ from the dead. Everybody, let me just stop. I'm going to camp on that just a second. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives within every believer, you and me, and His Spirit. Amen? Amen. The same power. That's resurrection power. You go, wow. I ain't feeling nothing. Right? <laughs> I like to, I'm a feely person. I'm emotional. I'm, I'm one of those, I don't know what type of personality is, A, B, C, whatever it is, but I'm a feely, I'm emotional. I like to feel it. Well, every now and then you will. Every now and then he shows himself to you. But you have the same power to say no to sin. You have the same power to say to flee from temptation. You have the same power to live for Christ every day. You have the same power there to obviously reach out and touch people 
that really kind of rub you the wrong way. You have the same power to do the things that you don't want to do that you know God wants you to do that Jesus Christ had. Because why? He sent His Spirit in you and me. And that's why when I begin the services, I always say, Lord, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Yes, He's here. But I want Him to know our hearts are open to Him and you're welcome in this place. We sing songs about it. And so if you're struggling today, kind of get, get alone just a moment and tell Him, I want to feel you. I want to know you. He is our advocate. Talk to Him. He's a friend. Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away. Because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who will be in every believer. Oh, Jesus can only be in one place, right? But the Holy Spirit can be in each believer. And that's why, obviously, sometimes the joy of the Lord we hear expressed here in different ways. All those things are from the Holy Spirit of God. It's not something we're trying to work up in our hearts. I'm not trying to, to work emotions up in you. I want to experience the King of kings and the Lord of lords because He is glorious. I want to encounter Him. When you get saved and way beyond, it just doesn't happen at salvation. It can happen even along the way. We were going into Reno, Nevada one year. And um, the, the pilot got on the intercom before we left Intercontinental. It was actually when Allison got mar uh, married and we were going to do the wedding in Lake Tahoe. Okay, So we were all flying out there. And so the pilot got on the intercom, and he said, I just want to let you know that we're going to experience some turbulence before we get in the arena. And I thought, I heard it, boy. I can hear when he says something like that, okay? And I went, oh, goodness. We might make it, it's going to be kind of rough, right? I don't like, I like everything smooth. Even the, I mean, no turbulence at all, all right? And you know, sometimes the turbulence causes it and all this stuff. Well, we got about an hour out of Reno and everything broke loose. We were going up. The wind was so bad coming off the Sierras. It was picking the plane up and it was slamming it down and we were going, I mean, dropping and everybody had, many people in there had their hands raised like they were on a roller coaster yelling out, yeah, yeah. But some people were screaming and that was me, Okay. The turbulence was bad, real bad. It was bad. It's, and I won't go into some of the other details with it, okay? But actually, somebody had a heart attack on there when it happened. It was so bad. When we got ready to put land, he had to bounce several times to get the thing flat on the, on the runway and so forth. Well, I had to trust the pilot. I had to trust that pilot. And I want to tell you, at that time, I was hoping that his credentials were a mile long because I wanted him to know what he was doing in those wind gusts that were picking that big, huge plane up and then slamming it down and going, dropping into valleys and all. Okay, I had to trust that pilot. I had to believe that he had things in control. Life is like that a lot of times. The pilot didn't have to come on there and warn us about that. And sometimes Jesus doesn't warn us of those turbulence times in our lives. But He's still there. And the question is, do we believe Him and trust Him? Do we believe, so to speak, does He have the credentials <laughs> to really get us through that storm of life, right? Yeah, He does. Because He paid the penalty. He proved it. 
by being raised from the dead. The Bible says, Paul says, if Christ be not raised, then we're still in our sins. All of our life is in vain because we know that we're lost without his resurrection and his power in our lives. But Jesus proved it by being raised from the grave and rose again and he lives forevermore. Mansions, many mansions. Everybody like a mansion. Everybody likes mansions. I love mansions here. I love that. There's TV programs about the mansions all over the world. I love that. Look at it. I go, good gracious. <laughs> this is unbelievable here. And all, and then some people, some translations say many rooms like the NIV. And some say many mansions. If it were not so, in my father's house are many mansions or many rooms. If it weren't so, I'd tell you, I'd tell you. I'll tell you straight. I'll be honest with you about it all. They're there, he says. So I'm not looking necessarily for necessarily in the correct translation and so forth, what the Greek is and the original language and so forth. But I want to tell you today, and I know you can say amen to this, is heaven's going to be beyond anything we could ever imagine. And none of us are going to be disappointed. Amen? Amen. We're not going to be disappointed. The language is right or not. God is going to prepare a place for you and me. He knows. We're not going anywhere until He's ready. I'm not saying that you need to eat a, a, a dozen cheeseburgers a day and hope that your heart doesn't get clogged. I'm not saying that. I'm saying He knows. He's got a plan. You're not going anywhere until that time, right? Right, Michael? He knows that, don't you? Okay, what kind of place is it? First of all, it's not just a figment of our imagination. It's an actual place. It's an actual place, right? And he goes on to say, in my father's house. What does that mean? Family. My father's house. You will see loved ones that have gone before you. Your mama. Your loved ones. All your loved ones here. You're going to see them. You'll be with them forever and ever and ever. Right? It's worth it all, boy. Let me tell you. And so it's a family. We will know them. I've told you sometimes, you know, Cindy had an uh, experience in 1990 about, you know, uh, my mother who had passed and and um, I think it's her mother and her grandmother came up on her. Cindy almost died of asthma that day. And they came up and she thought she was leaving. Total peace, total peace. No, no, not, nothing, it wasn't any ruffles there at all. She was at total peace. She knew, she said, I, the only thing she could remember was she had not told us she loved her, uh, Allison and I that morning because we'd run out of the house because we had to, you know, get on with our duties and so forth. But she said nothing, no, everything was peaceful, okay? We've seen that with our loved ones, right? Roger, uh, Kathy and her family saw it with Roger. Total peace, total peace there, okay? And they stood there and she knew who they were. They didn't communicate with her, but they, she stood there and... Um, and then pretty soon Jesus came up and just looked at him and said, not now. She knew she'd be, she'd still live and she's here today. So they're real. We will know them, obviously. It's a place that's being prepared for you and for me. We're being prepared here. And we can't have any. In 1 John chapter 3, Beloved, now we're children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we will know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. He is saying today it's going to be a marvelous place. The other thing is a whole new order of existence. No more sickness, no more death, no more of these things of this world. No more worrying about whether or not we can make our bills meet at the end of the month. 
No more about the aching knees or the backs or any of those things, right? All those things gone away, going to be perfect there. None of those types of things will be there. It's a place we can look forward to. In fact, if our eyes are not set on Jesus and eternal aspect of life, we'll get depressed in the here and now. And that's why it always says, keep your eyes upon Jesus here. Charles Fuller once announced that he would be speaking the following Sunday on heaven. And during that week, a precious letter was received from an old man who was very ill. And here's part of that letter. Next Sunday, he's a letter, a man writing to him, to the pastor. You uh, are to talk about heaven. I'm interested in that land because I had a clear title to a bit of property there for over 55 years. I did not buy it. It was given to me without money and without price. But the donor purchased it for me at a tremendous sacrifice. I'm not holding it for speculation since the title is non-transferable. It's not a vacant lot. For more than a half a century, I've been sending materials out of which the greatest architect and builder of the universe has been building a house for me which will never need to be remodeled or repaired because it will suit me perfectly. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Termites can never undermine its foundations for they rest on the rock of ages. Fire cannot destroy it. Floods cannot wash it away. No locks or bolts will ever be placed upon its doors for no vicious person can ever enter that land where my dwelling stands. It is now almost completed and ready for me to enter into and abide in peace eternally without fear of ever being rejected. I hope to hear your sermon on heaven next Sunday from my home in Los Angeles, but I have no assurance that I shall be able to do so. My ticket to heaven has no date marked for the journey, no return coupon, and no permit for baggage. Yes, I'm ready to go, and I may not be here while you're talking next Sunday, but I shall meet you there someday. (laughs) Being ready, because a lot of times what happens is, why do we grow in our faith? And our trust in Jesus Christ every day. Because see, he's talking here to people who are believers, right? He's not talking to unbelievers. And he's talking to you and me. Are we growing in that sense? Because a lot of times in the hospice, I always saw people usually die the way they've lived. And that's true. So how are you living today? Where's your priorities in your life? The Bible says today is a day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. God is love. And we want to be in a wonderful place of heaven. He's saying, I've gone to prepare a place for you. He was telling disciples basically at that time. He's saying, you got your eyes fixed on the here and now. They thought that he was coming as an earthly king to take over. He surprised them. He said, you haven't understood what I'm saying. I'm coming to give you eternal life. This is just a temporary place. It's just real short lived. The Bible says in the book of James that life is like a, a mist or vapor real fast. You see a vapor come, it's gone real fast. But who are you living for today? You can handle anything that comes your way if your trust is in the Lord. Set your hopes upon Jesus Christ. 
if today you're saying that I just have not really gotten into this Jesus thing. Today may be the day that you just say, I want you, Jesus. That's it. I want you, Jesus. And I want to come to you. The preacher has talked about salvation. The preacher has talked about Palm Sunday. The preacher has talked about the resurrection. And I'll understand all of it. But I want to know more. And God says, I'll take you where you are. And I'll grow you up. Because the Bible says that he's going to prepare a place for you. But not only is he preparing a place for you and me. He's preparing you and me for that place. Are you ready? Are you ready? You're getting ready. We're not going anywhere until God's ready. But until that time. Have you made it your priority to say, God, get me ready. Get me ready. Because I don't understand it all, but I want to know you. And I know my only the only life that I could ever have is my life in you and you in me. Because everything else is real, real temporary. The new car smell goes away real quick. Right? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word, your truth. Thank you, Lord, today for the, the wonderful resurrection, Lord. The resurrection. Jesus didn't have to, but he did. And he humbled himself and rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. And fulfilled prophecy. Just like what you said in your word. And we believe now you're fulfilling prophecy even as we speak. That it's being uh, worked out exactly the way your word said it will be. So today we ask that you get us ready. If there be someone here who's never accepted Christ. That really have never just put your faith in Jesus. And you're not sure where you'll go when you take your last breath. You, you, you know, kind of, but you're not sure of it. Today would be the day. Go ahead and nail it down. And say, Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. Be my Lord and Savior. I know that you're the only way to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Only through Jesus. Many other religions out there. They're false religions. They're religions of works. Jesus said, it's just an act of, of grace through faith and believing Jesus. Putting your full weight on him. But if you know Jesus, today would be the day saying, I want to go to a deeper level of trust with you, Jesus. I want to know, Lord. I want to know you. And just like Paul said, and the power of your resurrection in my life. And I want to live for you each and every day. Whatever the decision may be, Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to make that. So Lord, we right now offer these things to you. We right now say, Lord, thank you for your wonderful sacrifice of sending Jesus. Lord, we know that it's a plan we never would have ever conjured up. But Lord, and your just wonderful, infinite wisdom. That your plan is perfect. And Lord, you've had a plan for us. And I pray today there be anybody here who may be struggling with the fact that they maybe feel they've sinned beyond what really the grace of God will really cover in the blood. Today, I want to just go, go to God with it. Go to the Lord with it and say, Lord, I want to know. 
this shame and guilt I can't carry anymore. And let God deliver you. I pray these things today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for your attention today. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next week. Resurrection Sunday. And pray that you'd have a blessed week in, in the precious name of Jesus. Adios. Amen.